Today on the Shrewd Dudes Podcast, we are going to talk about a few different things. In This Week in Satire, we have a few things we're going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the woke Christian Inquisition. Apparently how that's now a thing. In the... I don't even know what segment that was. It's a trap? No. I forget. Oh, the rant, the rant of the week? Is it? Okay, I'm just going to... Yeah. yeah. Can't restart because we're streaming. <laughs> rant <laughs> of the week. Going to talk about red flag laws and take away guns. And that's oh. going to continue over. Oh. <laughs> you didn't explain Sorry. that very well. We didn't have a lot I, of time. We always, we always go through it. It's basically, we're starting with satire. You know, yeah. this week in satire. And then we have a rant of the week. We're going to talk about the American... Um, how how the New York, the SCOTUS turned over the New York law and the implications of that. Okay. Because that's, that was a big topic. That's a rant of the week. Then in the, um, um, in the It's a Trap section. It's a Trap talking. Talk about red flag laws. Okay. We haven't talked about that, and that's kind of a big deal yeah. right now in the U.S. Okay. Well, I was busy beforehand because <laughs> I had a mini emergency. Well, I, I will explain in a minute. Yes, you will. So, <clears throat> let's just jump into the intro, and then we can kind of explain how our weeks have gone. Because today was a <laughs> gong show. Okay. Yeah. No, this week today has been all over the place. My goodness. I don't think I've ever, just like a brief recap, because I don't think you've had too much that's been going on the past couple days. Not particularly. Yeah, no. Today was like the first time at work that I was like genuinely scared. Really? Oh, yeah. We wow. were like screaming at each other. Was it like, you know, like sharks attacks? and? Uh, no, we had like, we had lightning and thunder that was like, it was probably about... A kilometer away super scary from the roof yeah because you guys are in the worst possible place for that oh yeah and like we're on the opposite like i was i was hanging on to a metal bucket with a metal cord that goes up to the roof and i'm like <laughs> lightning rod here i come mm-hmm. and so we hear the we see the lightning we hear the thunder and we're like <laughs> and so i hear like my coworker, and he's like oh crap and I'm like, screw this! <laughs> I'm like, run! Mm-hmm. And so we're like, yep, nope, we're done for now, we're done, nope, nope. How about no? How about no, yep. Yeah, so that was my afternoon. And then, like, just as I'm setting up for the show, my tripod breaks, and so I have to spend 20 minutes looking for my stupid something so that I can, like, put up my phone so that my camera can be mounted. All at once, man. That's I know. It's just been like I, a crazy I, day. I think the worst part is that, um, um, for, like, I used to when I when I was working one time with my work. My work requires a lot of metal ladders. Yeah, and I was still telling my boss, I'm like, I don't know if I want to work with this giant metal rod that I'm holding. He's like, Oh, you're fine, bro. <laughs> You'll be and we fine. heard like this this flash of light, yeah, and a big massive rumble, and I'm like, Yeah, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I no. can't do that. Yeah, no, we're like thankfully the crew that I'm on, mm-hmm. my my current kind of 
because it's a small crew and we're kind of just doing finishing up stuff so we don't have like the full crew and so we have the lead hand that's organizing this site and he's like well i'm not foreman but like that guy's a little nuts and i'm like what do you mean he's like well like that was way too close for my comfort i'm like yeah and he's like but if the other guy was here we wouldn't be even thinking of leaving until that showed up and i'm like what he's like that like that would be when we're starting to pack up and i'm like no way yeah <laughs> i'm like that's when you drop everything and run mm-hmm. so that's so like that. the, yeah like, like the stuff oh mess you do Once not shot, mess with done. that especially when you're like we're 200 feet in the air yep we're much closer than leaves on the ground <laughs> and we're like and standing I... right next to a big metal pipe and I, you know, I, I mean, I've been on hikes for, you know, top of the mountains, just like a dangerous thing. So, oh, yeah, it's I'm glad you're all right, man. Glad you survived. Yep. No, I've, I don't think I've ever had such crazy rain just show up. Mm-hmm. Like, we had puddles. I was driving through it in my van, and in a 10 minute rainstorm, the puddles were already like eight inches deep in some areas. I'm like, what? <laughs> this is nuts. Alberta, Alberta in uh, <clears throat> in June. Time. My goodness, it, yeah, it is absolutely, absolutely crazy. This is flood month. It is flood month. Anyways, so how about you talk about the last couple days, and I'm going to do some quick sharing. Okay, you're going to share it up. <laughs> yep, I'm going to share it up. <laughs> so we can. Uh, well, the funny thing uh, we we did talk about, like uh, my boss. Um, who has three jabs is like Trudeau. Yep. In that they, they both got sick with COVID again. Uh, but you no, know, it's been nice. Like you know, we've been uh, we've been driving around just doing a whole bunch of uh, little individual jobs, doing power wash on our own. Um, it's been nice actually. Uh, Alberta's been kind of a disappointment because you think, okay, like we wait until May long weekend for the warm weather. And then, and then June comes around, and it's like a toss-up. You're like, are you going to get like nothing but rain, or are you going to get sun? And uh, yep. this month, it's been rain. It's been sucky. I'm really hoping that July and August really kind of make this year not a complete flop. Mm-hmm. The weather this year has been terrible, like really terrible. But I'm excited for the show. I'm th- looking forward to seeing what we got. And, yep. uh, yeah. Actually, I really like Tuesday's show. I, th- I love the, the stuff we covered. Yeah, it was good. It was really, yeah, really I good. Check it out. Definitely recommend it. Yeah. And I I had this crazy, just kind of, before we jump into the final stories, just kind of a weird thing that happened. Hmm. And so <clears throat> there was this person, and we were we were talking about Lightyear. And this was, of course, a oh, yeah. discussion on Facebook. A wonderful movie. I know. And so they're like, <laughs> this is such a wonderful thing. Like, why are... Why are people getting after this? And I'm like, because sexualizing children at any age is bad. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, but then, like, why are you supportive of, like, Disney princesses being sexually assaulted? And I'm like, what? And she's like, well, they were kissed without their consent. And I'm like, oh, are you talking about Snow White? Snow <laughs> White and Sleeping Beauty. And I'm like, and I'm like, here is a principle. I'm like, there is a principle in CPR. It's called implied consent. If you are doing an action to save someone's life and you cannot get cannot get verbal or like nonverbal cues to give you consent, there is implied consent to save that person's life. 
She's like, that's not saving their life. It should have been a movie about like trying to find some potion or trying to find some magical solution to their coma. And I'm like, cool. the movie was movie. like, yeah, like the movie did not present a solution like that. Like literally the only solutions are you kiss her or she stays in a coma until she inevitably dies. Yep. Or like Snow White Beauty. is dead. Sleeping Beauty was the same thing. Yeah. It's I'm like, magical. those are the two options. You can't have one or either. You can't have this magical third solution. She's like, well, that should have been the solution. I'm like, I don't um, care. That's not one of the ones that's listed. You're inventing one because you're just trying to find a fault with this film. And the, and the worst part is that, like, you could, you could, okay, you want to criticize Frozen? You want to criticize Tangled or Moana? Go for it. Those are recent. Yeah. That was the, Snow White was like freaking 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like well over, I don't know, almost 100 years ago. It's it's like okay, like talk about a completely different world with a completely different mm -hmm. generation. You're saying we're still advertising. I'm like no, we're not. We're not telling women that yeah. they have to be in high heels and dresses. Yeah, while, like pushing a vacuum cleaner. We moved past that. Maybe you should too. <laughs> oh we have. I don't want to move past white. that. Yeah, unfortunately, Steph cannot like do vacuuming in her in her uh, high heels. It's not gonna work. <laughs> I had such high hopes. Mm -hmm. You have dashed my my hopes upon the rocks. Hey, get out of the past, you patriarchal patriarchal jerk. <laughs> Anyways, right. let's talk about this week in satire before we spend forever on private conversations. Speaking, speaking of the feminists. <laughs> speaking okay. of the feminists. Freedom Tunes is fantastic. Uh, Seamus Always Coughlin. is. I, whenever he's not on, on Timcast IRL, I miss him dearly. Yep. Because like he's got such great stuff. To he's say. well, he's, he's yeah, he's great got great insight and he's just really quick witted. Yeah, and um, his like him the Babylon Bee. Yep. And um, yeah, like they're just they're just fantastic. They they I think they rival each other in terms of like like comedy content. They're just gold. So this this one this one today made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I watched this today. I thought it was funny. So let's. And by the way, feel free to make that make that uh, video bigger or like that special screen you do. Yeah, I will. Ah, uh, thanks, man. Stand accused of orthodoxy before the Episcopalian Inquisition. No, no. We found a Facebook post of yours upholding two thousand-year-old Christian teaching. Ooh. Arrogance! He dared challenge the new sacred texts we wrote last week! The Bible clearly condemns gay marriage. The earliest Christians did too. All of them. But the Bible also says to never hurt anyone's feelings. And that's the most important thing, is that you're having fun. And make sure you're drinking enough water. The Bible does not say any of those things. Let's hear you back sass us after this. And a one, and a two, and a... All are welcome, all no, are stop, welcome. Stop, stop it! No, please stop! Are you ready to repent? Yes, Boss? give up your sinful ways. Not that I believe in Just really quick, in, in case people are wondering, that song actually comes from like a progressive like, yeah. uh, service. That actually happened in uh, the U.S., where like it was the most, it was the most like like horrible thing to watch. But that they they didn't make that up. That was from something already. Yeah, <laughs> truly horrifying. Very horrifying. 
sin. I I think it's more of a metaphor for, for not being gay enough or something. I don't know. I will never repent because I believe in truth. <laughs> when did Jesus ever suggest there was absolute truth? When he said, I am the way the and truth the truth. And the well, that may be fine for him, but I believe in my truth. Exactly. Don't all roads lead to the same place anyway? Yeah, but it's not heaven. Oh, you believe in hell? Even though Jesus said, judge not, and always have a good time. And make sure you're drinking enough water, dearie. Stop it! You're going to suffer before the Almighty. Not that I believe there's an objective Almighty. Yes, it's most likely a metaphor. You are going to metaphorically suffer before the metaphorical almighty in some subjective sense. So, uh, wait, you don't believe in Christ's divinity? Make sure you're drinking enough water. Oh no, that's a very patriarchal interpretation. He was probably just a very wise man. So you think mm. Jesus was a regular human who lived in the Middle East 2,000 years ago in one of the harshest eras in human history, and he just happened to believe everything that coddled rich white Episcopalian lesbians started thinking was true six years ago. <laughs> she said he was very wise. Become a member at Free... Oh my goodness. <laughs> yep. These are the talking points that you and I have to deal with all the time. Oh, I know. Like... These are progress. Okay, in case anybody's wondering, that is the progressive movement. It's a thing. I talked to a couple of Christians who, like, when I mentioned that, they're like, "What? What? What are you talking about? What's progressive Christianity?" I'm like, "It's an actual. I, I would call it a, a full-on heresy. It's heretical. Yep. And it and it and it basically it's all about inclusivity. It it it, it denies the divinity of Christ. It denies all, all that kind of stuff. And there are actually." Uh, a whole bunch of YouTubers and TikTokers who, like you know, are, are like you know, like for, like claim to be Christian pastors or reverends, and they're found in the in the Episcopalian Church, and Ooh. that's pretty much the thing. So, I love how like Freedom Team was just absolutely like just made fun of their whole the the, the nonsensical nature of what they argue. It was be it was beautiful. I love so hard. Beautiful. Beautiful. Just still be the best video ever. <laughs> but um, in case you guys are wondering, the other one uh, that came out, we, we don't have to watch the whole thing because it's very long. It's mm -hmm. like three minutes. Three I recommend minutes, it. Yep. But just want to give you a taste. The Babylon Bee <laughs> was every bit as good this week. And their target was the January 6th, um, uh, like the whole, the, the whole charade, the charade that January 6th is. They basically like lampooned it by making a supposed musical, and yeah. it is beautiful. Like their songs are so on point and so catchy. Um, actually, if you want, like, feel free to let us know which one do you think is the better one of the two. Um, well, I haven't actually yeah. seen this one yet, so this is like raw oh, reaction from me. This is gonna be good, man. Again, put us the small screen. We got five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred minutes. So he is not part of some extremist group. This day marks nine months. It's only been one, but it seems like four days ago. 
hundred times the property damage caused by the riots, supposedly for black lives. And how about the enjoyed it thoroughly it's very of course it's very sad that youtube had to censor a lot of this it was really dumb because <laughs> it's like oh everything is okay as long as it's reporting on january 6th censor for YouTube. but if it's That's talking funny. about the blm riots which killed a lot of people then it's not fun. okay that was a summer of love steven don't you know summer of uh conquer worm what is the Speed velocity. What is the airspeed velocity? You didn't even say the airspeed velocity. You just said speed velocity. I'm shaming you for your uh, Monty Python <laughs> failure. Because the correct terminology is what is the wind speed? What is the correct airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? And mm -hmm. then the proper response is African or European. Like, and that is actually that. the answer that Siri would give you. <laughs> Which I thought was, that was like the best thing that I ever discovered about Siri. Didn't like Siri generally, <laughs> but I loved the fact that you could ask it what the it wind speed velocity of an unladen swallow, it wa swa swallow was. And it would give you that answer. Absolutely, oh, truly phenomenal. Thank Hold you on. for that question, Conquer Worm. You've always been a very <laughs> interesting companion on this journey of Thursday nights. This guy's been awesome. Now, before we move on to the next story... Um, <clears throat> We know we've been talking about, and this is kind of actually a little bit fresh to Danny, because I haven't, I haven't brought this up with him yet because we were rushed earlier. Yeah, but unleashed it on me. Not this week. Not next week. Uh, the week after. The week after we have uh, Cameron Cote from the Center for Bioethical Reform, because by then the. <clears throat> SCOTUS decision of Roe v. Wade will certainly be made. And so 
on that day, he has agreed to come and talk to with us. And we're still in, I'm still in communication with a few more pro-life leaders. If Jojo's back in Calgary, then we'll have Jojo as well. We'll try and get a few more to try and have a discussion with Canadian pro-life leaders. It'll be a live stream. So you can ask them any questions you wish. And we're going to try, we're going to have this discussion to determine what the course for the Canadian pro-life movement is in reaction to Roe v. Wade potentially being overturned in the States and how we can progress towards that point. Mm -hmm. So look forward to that. Put it on your calendars two weeks from now. It's going to be a great discussion. Yeah. So, but for now, I think it's time for the rants, isn't it? Yeah, let's rant it up, man. Let's rant it up. I don't know if that's a really good way to put that, to rant it up. Rant it up. Rant it down. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it a thing. All right. Well, let's <laughs> let's jump into that, and we'll have a crazy discussion about gun control and red flags loss. Red alert. Okay. So, red flag laws. What are they, and how do they work? Wait, wait. Is... Hold on, hold on. Yes? Wait. <laughs> you, got this all, you got this all mixed up. Uh... These are, part of the, these are part of the, uh, the what do you call it? Uh, it's a trap. This is the, the or, okay. Trap. I was a little confused. <laughs> it's okay. I, I was, yeah, I was. Anyways. So, the, so you should when I was trying it. to explain it, then you told me this was the rants. No, not at all. This, when you told was, me when during the intro it was. I told you that the rant was going to be about the, you know, the gun control and the SCOTUS. Well, they're both very similar. They are, but this one's more specific. More okay, specific. fine. Yeah. <laughs> unless, so, you want to do, unless you want to just scrap the, the it's a trap. That's up to you, man. Well, it's, I had it all set up. All right. Well, it's a trap, <laughs> but with the rant's intro. Yay. <laughs> so we're just going to jump into it? Yeah, let's just jump into that. So over okay, the past few go. years, red flag law has been one of the hottest topics on the gun control debate. Ever since 17 people lost their lives in the 2018 tragic school shooting in Parkland, Florida... There's been a massive push for lawmakers to do something and prevent weapons from falling into the hands of the mentally ill. But red flag laws are not a new concept, and the issue of how to keep guns out of the hands of mentally unstable individuals is one that gun rights advocates and politicians have been debating long before the media sensationalized it. If you've ever listened to anyone talk about gun control, you've probably heard the term red flag law more times than you can count. But what actually are these laws? What do they accomplish? That existing regulations don't. More importantly, how do red flag laws affect law-abiding people like you? Mm-hmm. So, they're meant to preemptively disarm people who show warning signs that they could be dangerous to themselves and or others. The term red flag law is actually a collective nickname for the various court orders states have in place, including extreme risk firearm protection orders, risk protection orders, extreme risk protection orders, gun violence restraining orders, and risk warrants. So, of course, when the Parkland shooter had documented mental health issues, legislators across the country began pushing for laws that would take guns away from these individuals whose unstable behavior raised a red flag. Yeah. Uh, red flag law is basically... Here's the thing. They're, they're advertised as, like, you know, like, oh, we need to stop dangerous killers before they before they like you know they're able to go out and they're shooting right i mean it sounds nice on the surface because you know like you know like well, who wouldn't want that like you know oh if we could have if we 
the guy, the shooter in Valde before he was able to get guns, we would have stopped that entire thing, right? Um, but the problem is that these laws are they're basically what they do is they assume guilt before proving guilt, and that's the that's the big problem I have with these laws is that it's like somebody accuses you, oh, you're you're. You, you are now not allowed to get a gun for any reason until you go through the onerous task of going to the court and proving your innocence in front of a court, which is like an extremely difficult and expensive uh, thing to do. Yeah. Um, and and that, the problem is that this is, this is going to be weaponized by bad actors. Yep. So it sounds good, but when you really think about the actual um, consequences the actual of what these things will do, it's it's like you're making the problem worse, and for a number of reasons. But it's there's some initial things that are problematic. So continue, Stephen. Yes. So the process begins when a law enforcement official, family member, household member, petitions a state court to temporarily remove firearms from someone they believe to be a danger to themselves or others. In some states, a list of eligible petitioners can include school officials, healthcare workers, or even co-workers. After a petition is filed, the court will hold a hearing where the concerned party provides evidence to support their claim. Uh, the person in question, the respondents, is a threat. States use two main standards of proof, a preponderance of evidence, or clear and convincing evidence. So, this all, the reason, of course, that this is a, a trap, is that this sounds, on its face, on paper, it sounds totally reasonable. And in a normal, proper, like, decent functioning society... This would normally have a good of a good desired effect, mm-hmm. but this is not a normal functioning or a decent functioning society. We live in an exceptionally depraved and divided society. Yep. And so now, a lot of these states, when a red flag individual, when somebody presents you or tr- tries to raise a red flag concern. Sometimes they will automatically take the firearms out of that situation and you will have to fight for them to get them back. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the the situations for the rationale for saying, oh, like this person has red flags, they should have their firearms taken away. Well, what's your rationale? Well, they supported Trump. They're they're pro-life. They're they're pro-gun. They don't support like, you know, uh, transgender... They don't support, yeah. They they don't support the the cause du jour. Yeah, one of the one of the main main problems I have with the uh, with these laws, and if you actually scroll up uh, just under where you were reading on how to apply laws work, one of the problems with these laws is that they are granted ex parte. Yeah. Now, if you don't know what that is, ex parte is a really problematic issue. This this became a humongous problem here in Canada. It, be, it was abused to such a massive degree that I have no doubt it'll be abused in the same way here in the States. And what ex parte means is that you can go to the court, you can present all your evidence, and if, I, if, if it's against you, you don't, they don't have to have you there. You're, you don't even have to present a defense. The, the person can just go into, into the court without you there, without a defense. They'll be like, I think this person is dangerous. Here's some evidence that I have, like a text message or whatever. And the court's like, okay, cool. Let's just block yeah. them from firearms. And guess what that does additionally? It creates an opening 
for swatting. Mm-hmm. You ever like seen like what happened um, in the states? Uh, Tim Pool has a very he's kind of notorious right now because he's been swatted like ten times now. Yep. Where people call say like, oh, there's somebody dangerous at the location or an active shooter or something like that. The police show up and like pretty much raid the 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 location and go in, guns drawn, and they scare the crap out of people. Many people in the States have been swatted. It's extremely dangerous. This is going to make, this is going to be weaponized by people in, in order to try to shut them down, in order to yep. try to like, okay, you can't stop somebody from buying a gun, but you can make all sorts of crazy accusations that you, this isn't a court of law. You're just talking to a judge. And if a judge is a political uh, you know, like activist, then he's going to probably approve a yep. lot of these things. So uh-huh. the problem, the thing is, this creates more problems than it solves, really. And, and so this is just, the, this is a leftist, uh, because the leftists, what they want, their ultimate goal in Canada is really obvious. They're trying to ban, ban guns. That's what Trudeau wants. Not at all in any way a uh, problematic thing for them, but really problematic thing uh, in the States. But in the states, they're trying. They're they're trying to avoid the like they, they can't get past the Second Amendment, so they're trying to chip away at it from the outside. They're trying to like pass uh, laws that make it more difficult to own a gun, and as a result, they're trying to use that as a way of like restricting your right to, to own guns. They're cheaters. That's basically what they are. They don't like the fact that the that the United States has a Second Amendment, so they're basically trying to cheat and find all sorts of ways. To try to ban people from owning guns, red flag laws—they uh, sound good, but what they but the problem is the abuses and the lack of oversight and the lack of like protective measures to avoid abuse, to avoid abuse, are the major problem with these things. And yep. mark my words, they will be abused like crazy in the United States. Like it, it's going to happen. It's not a matter of because we know that a lot of people who are anti-gun. Are have no problem lying, cheating, and abusing the system in order to get the, what they want. Yep. Right, Stephen? Yep, totally. He's all over that. All um, over so, that. So the <laughs> since we're doing the shoe checker or the um, the it's a trap early. Here's why. Here's a comparison that Tim Pool actually used on on one of the episodes. So if you go to the next story, Stephen, uh, the Fox News one. Yep. <clears throat> So the Fox News story, it basically covers something um, called the stop and frisk, okay? Stop and frisk, how it works, is the idea is that police officers, in order to try to prevent and, and try to, like, cut down on gun crime, because gang violence was a huge problem in the United States. Gun, pro- gun violence was the problem du jour, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, everyone, all these, all these gang members would be running around with guns. So... One of the, the laws that they tried to pass is they, they wanted to pass something called stop and frisk. In other words, you, if you're a cop, you see somebody that is uh, like suspicious or maybe somebody who may be up to no good, you have the right to detain them and frisk them. And all you're doing is you're looking for weapons, particularly guns. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, that's a, good, that's a good deterrent. Because the idea is, well, if you're going to, um, if, you're, if you're going to, like, you know, like, you know, try to catch people off guard when they're not expecting it. That's a good way to do it. The problem is that what they started doing is they started profiling and particularly by race, because they knew statistically that the majority of the people that were committing gun crimes in the 
in New York City were African American. And that isn't like racism, that's just basically a reality that, yeah, if you actually look at the stats, the number of people committing crimes are, are black people. So they were targeting black people in, in particular because they were the they were the most likely people to be uh, carrying guns. And so the, the left got absolutely nuts because they're like, this is racial profiling. If you're a black person, you're assumed guilty before you were ever like, you know, like uh, before yeah. you're, you're given any chance, you're, you're assumed that you're guilty. And they're trying to like you know find you and mm-hmm. uh, all these all these problems that emerge. Now you're t- the 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 comparison that Tim Pool brought was the idea that if you think that police and all these authorities are not if they weren't abusing if they were abusing the stop and frisk law to try to like catch like you know a crimp like blacks in in the act, you think that they're not going to abuse the the the, the red flag laws. That people aren't going to be like sending people into like black homes and try to preemptively try to like you know look for a crime or something else. Like the the openness for abuse is right there, and if they think that is racist for racial profiling, then this is this is the exact same thing. You're and and unfortunately, minorities are going to be the ones that are going to be disproportionately affected by these laws because in all these like you know like um, minority neighborhoods, particularly like Chicago, New York, and all these places. The people who most need to defend themselves are minorities, like blacks uh, or African Americans, Hispanics, uh, and uh, Asians, and all that kind of stuff. They're going to be, you know, uh, disproportionately affected because most of the um, most of most of the rural areas where like most of the white uh, um, conservatives live, they're not going to be hit by this one year as hard yep. as liberals are, mm-hmm. right? So that's the that's that's why it's a it's a good comparison because they're the same thing. They're laws that supposedly on a surface sound good uh-huh. but ultimately it's going to be abused yeah and just just see it's not going to solve the problem that they think it's going to solve it's going to cause more problems so um so these two articles are there for you uh one article basically explains what red flag laws are and it gives you a full rundown it's actually really good so i recommend it the other article from fox explains stop and frisk and the problems with uh with stop and frisk can be the unintended consequences that will emerge. But um, I'll let Stephen have the last word if he wants to. Nope, no, nope, I'm on board with you on there. The The whole idea of these, like I was even, when it came to stop and frisk, I'm like, well, like, let's kind of be honest. Like New York and these places like Chicago and LA, they have high crime rates. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the or reality is that a lot of these individuals <clears throat> it's much more likely if you're a minority to be committing crime it's it's an unfortunate symptom of the culture that we have mm-hmm. but you can't just walk up to you can't just minority report them no and one of the here's the problem too BLM their whole shtick is that Oh, cops are racist, and they're going to cause all sorts of all sorts of problems, and we can't trust cops, right? That's their sell point. With red flag laws, imagine suddenly you're going to have some like some some like totally, you know, unhinged leftist is going to call the police and say like, "Hey, this this my neighbor's got a gun or something like that, and I don't like him, and he's dangerous and all that." Then suddenly the police are going to go in, guns drawn into somebody's house. And of course, because it's ex parte, 
that means that the person, let's say, like, this is like a regular, regular, like, you know, African American dad who's got a family and all that. Suddenly, if the police suddenly break into your house, totally unannounced, and they come in with guns drawn, and they don't actually know the expected. Like, do you think we're not going to see cases of like shootouts between cops and uh, and police officers, or sorry, cops and like like minority, like you know, like uh, people who just think like somebody broke into my house with guns, and you're, you're going to mm-hmm. and people are going to get shot. Because that does happen. Yep. And with this kind of like you know nonsensical thing, it's going to be absolute chaos. It's like a war. It's it's trying to punish all of the legal gun owners, and it's not going to actually solve the problems that you think. Now, the only place that this, the only thing that this might in any way target is people who are suicidal. Yep. That's the only potential thing that might that that might solve it. But I think the cost is way too high. I don't think it's going to solve the problems that you think. Uh, I don't know. Let me know what you think. If you think if you think I'm wrong or mistaken, mm-hmm. I've looked at these kind of things. I I just the problem is all of these policies are are not meant to solve the problem. They're just supposed to be like we did something. Hey, yep. look, we did something, but they're not solving the problem. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think they're problematic. So, yes. Yep. Okay. Well. Before we go into the rants of the week, no, I thought we just—I thought we are doing the rants of the week. <laughs> well, that was that was the it's a trap. Then we're gonna do the rants of the week next. But first, we're gonna have a quick discussion about Roe v. Wade. Mm. So, Roe v. Wade could potentially be overturned tomorrow. Now, of course, it could be overturned sometime next week as well. It ha- it basically has to be done before the start of next week, before the end of next week. So. It could be tomorrow, it could be Monday, it could be Wednesday. So Yeah, they think they, they're dragging their feet so much. Well, I know, and way. it's really it's really annoying and it's only making the situation worse because it's allowing the leftist protesters and the leftist angry mob to yeah. n- have a better idea of what date it's coming down on. And so it's not just like, oh, we'll show up every single day. That there's a potential decision. It's like, okay, well, now it's like one of three days. Now it's one of two days. Oh, mm-hmm. it has to be today. Let's all show up today. Let's do our massive intimidation. Yeah. So <clears throat> there was an Alito decision handed down by the High Court Thursday, just not that Alito decision. We're going to talk about that in mm-hmm. just a minute. Mm-hmm. With only one day left. Really? One day left? Well, because what happens is, I, I'm looking. The 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 only scheduled days. Okay. Tomorrow is the last scheduled day, but what they can do is they can schedule additional days. They're just not on the calendar. Okay. So this is this is the game that they're playing. It's like you know, well, okay, do it like tomorrow. But they could also kind of come out and be like, well, we're gonna okay, a couple more days. Yeah. It's 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 a little annoying. mm -hmm. I kind of kind of wish they had a little more. It also means there's gonna be massive like. There's going to be massive protests tomorrow. Yeah. So anyways, with only one day left in the Supreme Court's schedule to release opinions on this year's term, Americans are still waiting for a ruling on the intensely watched case that is expected to overturn the landmark Roe v. Wade abortion ruling. The High Court handed down four opinions on Thursday that involved voter ID laws, state execution methods, Alito and Miranda warnings, and the constitutionality of New York concealed carry law. 
The case of Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, which concerns the legality of a Mississippi law that bans all abortions after 15 weeks, except in cases of medical emergencies, and fetal abnormality, was not ruled on. So, of course, we've talked about this before. In early May, a draft opinion for the case written by Conservative Justice Samuel Alito was leaked and indicated the conservative majority court intended to overturn Roe, claiming the 1973 decision was unconstitutional. It's unclear if the final opinion will align with the draft originally written in February. And, of course, since it was leaked, tensions have exploded across the country. Large cities and the homes of conservative justice have been the targets of protests, while some pregnancy crisis centers have been attacked, burned, defamed, and, of course, Justice Brett Kavanaugh even faced an assassination attempt earlier this month. So, it's going to be crazy at the court tomorrow. Yeah. Um, again, I <laughs> because they've been so pussyfooting around, like they're not telling you when or when when they're going to release it or what they're going to release each day. It's almost been like annoying. I'm just like, mm-hmm. can you just please just stop dragging your feet? Stop put stop put. Yeah. It's just it's, taking it's, action. I would, prefer, I would prefer if like I remember reading one article uh, from uh, I think Daily Mail. Mm-hmm. They were saying like you know it could be like tomorrow it could be next week or it could be like early july and i'm like what no Uh no like no like it has to be a deadline an official deadline and and just stop it yeah well (laughs) and in truth like i think it was ted cruz Hmm. and he petitioned saying okay he petitioned john roberts the chief justice and he said all right like this is unprecedented that the leak was published and this is a clear betrayal of the court and the longer you hold off on making this decision, then the more time they have to mobilize and the more, the higher the likelihood and the higher chance that the court will be compromised by these crazy individuals that are threatening the, the court's families. Well, not just that, but like, I mean, like, let's face it. If you release the court a decision right away, they'll stop harassing you. They will, because it's done. It's like you can't, once it's published, you can't, there's no chance of changing your mind whatsoever. Like, the 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 members of the court are no longer going to be, like, harassed because that's no longer the goal. The goal then is, like, fight a different war or something like that, right? But by, by prolonging this, you're putting Amy Coney Barrett, you're putting Justin Kavanaugh, you're putting people in more danger. Because you you keep you keep like dragging this on like they're only going to get more threats and more people coming to their houses and all this stuff. Like, give me a break. Um, I remember the article I read um, uh, talking about like the potential reasons. One one suggested reason was that John uh, Justice Roberts wanted to do it for like you know to kind of make it like a bigger show or something like that. And I'm like, are you serious? No, like, that would be so crazy. Please tell me he's not doing this for some kind of like wow factor. I'm like, yeah. yo, give me a break. Yeah, that's super shameful. Wow factor enough. That would be bad. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, we're, we're still waiting. Um, and again, like I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to the people, pro life uh, community here in Canada uh, about what they think about this. this oh, yeah. Thing. Yep. I, and I've said multiple times over, mm-hmm. I, I never saw this happening initially. And, I, I said outright, I'm like, this is very likely, like, this is, of course, when Amy Coney Barrett was nominated to the Supreme Court. I said, no, this is not going to change things. 
I figured Coney Baird must, was a likelier vote for this. Yes. But I was not sure about uh, Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh about yeah, Kavanaugh. Uh, well, Kavanaugh openly said that he would uh, favor established precedents. And then Coney Barrett is just like, well, uh, the Ruth rule was that you don't have to answer. And I yeah. choose not to answer. And they're like, oh, my gosh, this means she's against Roe. And it's like, mm-hmm. she's a Catholic conservative. And she loved Scalia. Yeah. Because, I mean, that should, that should tell you a lot about that her. That should already. tell you a lot. So, mm-hmm. so um, there's been moments which I've been like, okay, I don't, I haven't been that proud of Coney Barrett. But... There's been a lot of other times, and I'm like, you go, girl. You get this. I think Gorsuch has been... Oh, Gorsuch have been... I He's been more disappointing than not. Yeah. He is, he's the one that ruled in the controversial position about yeah. trans... About Title IX. Title IX. Uh, which a lot of conservatives felt like, that's just dumb. Oh, it's absolute betrayal uh, of everything conservatives stand for. It was a very, very big betrayal, so... All right, We're but we do have to move on. Yeah. So could say your last sentence and then we'll move on. Oh no, I, I was just gonna say like you know, but they did actually. That kind of became a big deal today, and that's what we're gonna talk about because I, I did find this like I didn't actually know this was even in the court. I didn't uh, either. So, so I'm actually looking forward to like you know, to seeing what this does. But yeah. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about that from Bright. Red alert. Oh, <laughs> Keep forgetting that there's an intro. Anyways, from Breitbart. Now I can actually say it. Supreme Court strikes down New York's proper cause requirement for concealed carry. So SCOTUS ruled 6-3 on June 23rd, which is today, that New York's proper cause requirement for concealed carry permit issuance is unconstitutional. So the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin censored on denials for permits under New York's concealed carry permitting law. The filed suit claiming that one of its members was eligible for a permit, but it was denied because of New York's requirement that concealed carrying of applicants prove why they need to carry a gun. Uh, the case ultimately dealt with the scope of the Second Amendment, whether the right to keep and bear arms applies only in the home or outside the home as well. When SCOTUS granted cert in the case, the State Rifle and Pistol Association responded, the case challenges New York's requirement that applicants demonstrate proper cause to carry a firearm. New York regularly uses this requirement to deny applicants the right to carry a firearm outside their home. The NRA believes that law-abiding citizens should not be required to prove that they are in peril to receive the government's permission to exercise this constitutionally protected right. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the the NRA ILA director, Jason Wiemet, also commented, after the Supreme Court agreed to hear it, a law-abiding resident in New York becomes a felon the moment he once hears he she steps outside their home with a firearm. This is a clear infringement of the Second Amendment. The NRA is grateful the Supreme Court is tackling this critical issue. Yeah. So basically, the, the, the issue is whether or not you're allowed to carry, to have your gun only at home. It's, it's, a, it's a location-based kind of yeah. like limitation, which, okay, so let's talk about the, 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 <laughs> the idea behind that is that, okay, so you're only allowed self-defense yeah, when you're at home. When you're at your so, house. Let's say, for example, that... And it doesn't even have to... Let's say, for example, okay, somebody breaks into your house and wants to steal your stuff and all that, mm-hmm. and you have a gun to defend yourself. Great. I, I'm all I'm all in favor of that. But if you, you leave your house and you go down to, like, downtown, I don't know, New York, or mm-hmm. go out to or something like that, you're a woman, you're saying that you've lost the ability and the right to carry a gun? 
because like and and this is this is a completely arbitrary rule because and and according to them they can subjectively decide whether or not oh we don't think that that's a good enough reason to carry a gun or not it's the problem is is like if you're a shop owner for example you're not allowed to have a gun in your shop or you know, you're not to have a, like a gun heading home from your shop. Like the idea, the idea really falls apart. And it's, I know New York is all about like you know they they hate they hate guns and they want to like find any reason to ban guns. And yeah. it has some of the most restrictive gun laws. Actually, Danny, I I just have a a quick funny little video. Go for it. So, you ever heard of the like, I'm in the hood, cause for speeding? No, give me a, give me a. Okay, so this is the video, and I'll just show it to you. Okay. It's really Boy, funny. Over. You were doing ninety to thirty. Why? Cause I'm in the hood. That's a good answer. I'll be speeding to this motherfucker too. But you got any guns in the car? No, sir. I ain't got no guns. <laughs> you gonna need car. one? I'll be right back and grab you one. Well, <laughs> you gonna need you one? Protect. That's how you serve and protect. <laughs> He's like, cause I'm in the hood. That's a good reason. <laughs> I'm like, that is a good reason. I wouldn't want to be in the hood no- either. Well, there was a. Uh, I was in Mexico City when I was visiting my family. Um, I kid you not. There was a. There was a law on the books. I didn't believe them at first, but there's a law on the books that after a certain hour at night, you're no longer required to stop at major intersections at lights. You can ignore lights. You and and as as we're driving home from like a disco that or nightclub that we went to, like yep. the guy in the car, he's just blowing through. Just blowing through them. Do you know why? Because apparently they were having a massive problem with, with oh yeah with people car coming theft. out of light and people coming out of the, like they were hiding like you know next to the intersection and they, they come out jack and you. attack the car they jack you or they take you at gunpoint and so they were like well they can't how do they stop that they can't have police everywhere yeah so they made a law saying that yep whatever the primary like lane they they don't have to stop huh crazy dang right. But, um, yeah, so this law is, I think that it makes sense in the sense that, like, it's kind of like how I get mad at Canada. Because, like, our prime minister, like, okay, our former, uh, you know, like, drama teacher, you know, uh, he he basically said that you don't have, you don't have a right to defend yourself. If, like, if uh, somebody comes at you with a gun, the only right you have is to be a victim. You know what, just sit there and let him shoot you. That's the only right you have. This is a a nonsensical uh, method of like restricting a person's right to care, to defend themselves, which is what a gun gives you. And I'm hoping that this leads to an actual concealed carry, like um, like you know, uh, provision all across the United States. Because mm-hmm. I think the concealed carry thing is one of the best things you can have to prevent crime. Yeah. Because oh, cops yeah. can't be can't cops can't be everywhere. But if you have armed citizens that uh-huh. if you're well, if you if you don't know that someone is armed, if there's even the question in the back of your mind, you are far more hesitant to commit a crime against them. If you know that they have the potential of firing back at you, because mm-hmm. if you know that of... if you know that they're not going to be able to fire back at you, then yeah. why wouldn't you? There's no risk to you. Yeah. But if you if you have the potential of someone else holding a firearm, then A, you'll be more hesitant to commit the crime, and B, if you do try and commit the crime, they'll probably put you down. Yep. 
And and the other thing is like criminals don't care about like the the repercussions of using a gun. Nope. But a, 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 like a legal, if you're if you're a legal shop owner with a legally like you know paying uh, like gun, you if you have to if you have to use that gun to defend yourself, you're not going to use it at any for anything. Yeah. You're going to use it when your life is in peril, and you're going to be like, yep, yeah, you know, now I'm going to deal with the cops and I'm going to deal with the system. They're happy to do it because those people know the law better than criminals. Criminals couldn't care less about the law. They know what their rights are. They know that it's self-defense. And they're happy. And a great example of this is Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. Who understood the law and what actually he had the right and not the right to do. So he he's actually far more um, likely to use to use a gun responsibly mm-hmm. than any criminal out there. Yeah. So yeah, get on get on the Supreme Court for um issuing yep. this thing. But like okay, so that that was the Supreme Court. Uh, I don't know where, where you want to go next, actually. Oh yeah, that was the, the Supreme Court, the, but unfortunately, the, there are the individuals. I'm going to switch the Senate. Unfortunately, the Senate does not think that people have the same rights to defend themselves. So the Senate Gun Violence Prevention Bill clears key test vote set for passage this week. Uh, so I the Senate, mm-hmm, the gun legislation yeah. cured cleared. Key procedural vote Thursday, which all but guarantees passage of the bipartisan bill designed to combat gun violence. The vote was 65 Mm -hmm. to 34, with 15 Republicans, Mm -hmm. including Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, joining unanimous Democratic caucus in voting to advance the package. So, Schumer... Oh, yeah. So, they're like, oh, I thank them. America thanks them. We're going to keep going until we finish the job. So... We're so glad to see Congress has moved significantly closer to finally doing something, passing bipartisan legislation that will help protect Americans. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely nonsense. So it would after it would offer grants for states for red flag laws and crisis prevention programs. It would enhance background checks for young Americans aged 18 to 21, opening the door for accessing juvenile records. It would clarify which sellers are required to register as firearm licensees and require them to conduct background checks and potential buyers, and toughens penalties for gun trafficking and straw purchases, and closes the so-called boyfriend loophole by limiting gun rights for non-spouse dating partners who were convicted of domestic abuse. All of this is going to be abused, like we were talking about in the It's a Trap segment. On paper, in a just society, these would be most of these would be okay. But some of these things, because the system is ripe for abuse, Mm -hmm. especially on one side, these are going to take firearms away from lawful abiding citizens, and it is going to kill people. Yeah. The the problem is that this is something we talked about, like, the idea of short term, short term versus long term. Mm -hmm. Like this, this is all this is. Republican lawmakers are, are like, you know, senators. Are basically they they they're basically uh, they're basically shamed into doing this or or I don't know what it was because obviously they betrayed all their constituents on the Second Amendment. This is going to obviously be challenged, um, you know, like legally. This this is because a lot of these a lot of this crap is like such an incredible infringement on um, on like the Second Amendment that it's it's almost ridiculous, but. It's all short-term solutions. And the one thing that they never do, they never do this. They never ask, how would this have, how would this have prevented? 
Uvalde? How would this have prevented them mm-hmm. from crime? Like these, these things are always, we're going to punish the good guys yeah. for the crimes of the bad guys. That's always what they are. Right. And so I, it would take us a long time to go through each one of these, each one of these policies and why and how it, it's not a solution. It's only create, it's, it's supposedly solving a problem, but creating a bigger one. That's what all these laws tend to do. Um, I recommend go, go to a, a lot of crowded. That's great job. They're, they're, they're very knowledgeable on guns. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of segments talking about red flag laws, talking about these things. They debunk this stuff all the time. Uh, they're a great source of uh, information about yep. these things. Yep. But, so they're a great source of information. Someone who's not a great source of information is Kathy Hochul. Mm-hmm. So Daily Caller. Daily Caller. Oh, that's this one. There you go. I, for some reason, I, I think I had read the HO and I was like, oh, that's Hochul. Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. This is not Hochul. So, <laughs> I'm prepared to go back to muskets. New York Governor Hochul, Hochul, whatever, rages over SCOTUS overturning concealed carry laws. So let's just watch the video and listen to her go crazy. Her rant. <laughs> because she's nuts. Oh, she's so much. Oh, please don't tell me there's an ad. There's going to be there's an, ad, you know. It's an ad, but it's silent. It's rumble. It's rumble, so it's fine. Another ad. Rumble. Go. Justice. But I will say we are not powerless in this situation. We're not going to cede our rights that easily, despite the best efforts of the politicized Supreme Court of the United States of America. We have the power of the pen, and I just want to read some language here. Very organized. Apparently... The Supreme Court has now decided, with this far-reaching decision, that the two-step standard that had been in place since Heller versus McDonald, where they analyze the Second Amendment, where it combines history, we have a history, yes, we do, but also means and scrutiny. Does the means of the restriction justify the infringement? And most people would say, yes, we have a right to protect people from gun violence. But I'll simply say in our very quick analysis, because this is only minutes old, they have now said that the government must demonstrate that the regulation is consistent with this this nation's historical tradition of firearm regulation. That's it. No longer can we strike the balance. Only if a firearm regulation is consistent with this nation's historical tradition may a court conclude that the individual's conduct falls outside the Second Amendment's unqualified command. Mm -hmm. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. That they have taken away our right to have reasonable restrictions. We can have restrictions on speech. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. But somehow there's no restrictions allowed on the Second Amendment. Okay, just pause that for a second. This lady is an absolute idiot, and this is the kind of like you know like is this surprising? To have. No, not at all. But like for anybody who doesn't realize, 
Like, that is such a stupid argument. Uh-huh. Like, you're not allowed to, like, yell fire in a crowded theater. That's because that's a crime. It's incitement. Yeah, ninny. It's like, it's natural. Like, you're actually committing a crime. You know you know when it is okay to yell fire in a, in a crowded theater? When, there when there's a fire. fire. It's like when you're trying to cause, like, danger, that's when you're actually yeah. a criminal. Hence why it's not allowed. But the, the First Amendment, and, and and let's face it, this is the kind of ninny that, that, that hates the First Amendment. It wants to promote like you know hate speech laws and uh wants to promote all that kind of stuff but with the second amendment she says like no there's no restrictions are you kidding me are you freaking kidding me there are so many restrictions you are not going to be satisfied until guns are banned this is the kind of like authoritarian nut job that believes that like you know th- that believes that like you know guns are not a right that we decide if you have a right to bear a gun no guns are a negative right because you're allowed to defend yourself. The Second Amendment, very clear. You know the right, the, the right to own firearms. You know is shall not be infringed. But she's like, oh well, we we have a right to infringe all we want. It's like, no, you don't, Jen Minnie. Get... Like the fact that this woman is like governor of anything. It's amazing to me. Go on, sorry. Well, and she wasn't like, of course, giving a brief background on Kathy Ochoa. Kathy Ochoa was not elected. She was put into this position as governor. Because Andrew Cuomo was removed. Yeah. And so she was not elected into the position. She's not there by caveat of the people. She's there because they're like, well, we can't keep Cuomo there, so I guess we'll nominate you. And she's like, well, <clears throat> I don't have to campaign for re-election. I can just act however I please. And she's also like like the, the, the utter arrogance. She's not a lawyer or has any... And she's telling the Supreme Court judges, like, you guys are dumb. Dumb, yep. you know, like, I don't like this, so you're dumb. Exactly. And, and it's like, oh. Yep. Yeah, yeah, But, of course, she's not the only one who complains and is going crazy because of it. Keith Olbermann, who I think is from C- on CNN or MSNBC, mm-hmm. has become necessary to dissolve the Supreme Court of the United States. <laughs> the first step is to state, is for a state the court has now first guns upon to ignore this ruling. Great, you're a court. Why and how do you think you can enforce your rulings? Hashtag ignore the court. Oh, yeah, yeah. Encouraging. <laughs> That's how you, you know, create destabilization in society. Yeah. Yeah. Look at his comment underneath, though. He goes on a little bit below that. Uh, this would be a good yeah. moment to remind new readers that the Second Amendment has nothing to do with gun ownership, private or otherwise. <laughs> This guy is nuts. The Constitution I, and the amendments team with property references, yet the word own is not on the Second Amendment, nor is any synonym. Mm-hmm. This guy is an absolute, like... <laughs> so you can't own a gun, but you can bear it? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I have a subscription for this gun. I don't technically own it, but I can bear it whenever I want. Uh, the, this guy's been, like... The, he continues to become... He continues to be held out by so many people because he's he's the leftist who says the most inanely stupid things. He does like the 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 Second Amendment says that um, uh, like uh, a well-regulated militia being being fundamental to the protection of a free state, the uh, the right to own and bear arms shall not be infringed. In other words. The idea is that in order to protect liberty, you need a militia that's well stocked. In other words, uh-huh. people that have 
guns in order that a militia may form. In order to have a militia that's well-stocked and is capable of defending against the tyrannical government, you need to have an armed populace. It's a very simple logic. And leftists like are so completely out to lunch on their things, they don't even make a good argument. Like, <laughs> this guy is like a... This is how... This is why you can't have a reasonable conversation in Canada or the States. But the, the States, they're actually having the debate. In Canada, the debate doesn't exist. People are just like, oh, you want to take you want to take away my rights, eh? Oh, okay, here are my guns. And, you know, like, yeah, you can lock me up, eh? It's all good. Like, in the States, they're actually trying yeah. to push back against this nonsense. But my goodness. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So the right to own a gun is a negative right. That means that the government doesn't give it to you. It doesn't grant you the right to own gun. Okay, it's a negative right, which means it's always there, it's always existed, and it's always true, and the government is prevented from infringing upon it. Yep. This is the clever language that the that the left likes to use in the states about guns. It's uh. It's foolish. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad that the uh, the Supreme Court's is um. Uh, is, allowed, is pretty much striking down that law. Mm-hmm. That law is like over 100 years old. I don't know if you knew that, Stephen. No, I did not. 111 years old. That was the Daily Mail. They basically talk about it. Um, recommend you guys read it, it, the Daily Mail story. It's a very old law. And the fact that it was 111 years old, it said it was. Huh. And from 1911. That was from a... This is, again, how... Even back then, the, the leftists in government were trying to... Uh, Taken, taken a crisis and use it to push their legislation. Yep. We'll talk about that later with the Canadian stories because mm-hmm. that's what Canada did. But right now, let's now go we're going stories. to talk about the news that you may have missed. Mm-hmm. To talk about the news that you may have missed. Da 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 da. All right. So as always, we're going to do one, two, one, two. So I'm going to start off with Chinese scientists say robot fish mm-hmm. can devour ocean plastics. Chinese scientists, they say they have invented a robot fish that they hope can get rid of oceans of microplastics, according to a report. Devices can absorb the plastic, microscopic remains of bottles, bags, straws, paints, and even tires that threaten the ecosystem. The plastics smaller than a grain of rice are now found in all species of fish and have worked their way up the food chain to humans. It has great significance to develop a robot to accurately collect and sample detrimental microplastic pollutants from the aquatic environment. Yu Yan Wang, a researcher at the Polymer Research Institute of Sichuan, and one of the lead authors on the study told The Guardian, to the best of our knowledge, this is the first example of such soft robots. That's a great example of a good solution. It is. It is. Because we talked yeah. about it this week. Canada has made the big splash of saying, we're going to we're gonna ban plastics. What's the reason? Because the whole idea is we want to like save the oceans. That's the idea, based on like, uh, a, like what was it, like an eleven-year-old kid's like you know science project. Everyone's like, oh, this is amazing science. It's like, no, that kid basically made a gigantic wild guess yeah. about uh, the you know like pollution in the oceans. And ever since they've been pushing this idea that plastic in the ocean bad, but in reality, that's a bad solution. Yeah. Whereas this. It looks like it maybe looks like it'll be a decent solution. 
and I'd be all, all behind, you know, like, you know, using this as a way yep. of solving ocean pollution. So. Mm -hmm. Definite progress. Don't always stress the Chinese, Never. but, you know, could be okay. Well, if it works, it works. If it works, it works. All right, next. All right, next story. Uh, we got this story from the Counter Signal. Um, Ian Bexby wrote this one, which is awesome. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau uh, goes to Rwanda while the Liberal Party burns. <laughs> it's like, and the, <laughs> the Canadian House burn, burn, burn. <laughs> so Prime Minister uh, Justin decided to take a trip through Rwanda while the Liberal Party deals with yet another earth-shattering scandal that's led to even more calls for Brexit Nation. Um, according to Trudeau's itinerary, he'll, he'll arrive in Kigali, Rwanda, later today at 5.40 p.m. Of course, the media is invited to a full photo opportunity for the occasion. Because, I mean, really, that's why he goes on international trips. It's all photo ops. It's all opportunity to get away from Canada and avoid problems here. Um... So, meanwhile, back in Canada, the Liberals are facing yet another stemming from a Halifax Examiner report that RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky allegedly pressured her subordinates into jeopardizing the Nova Scotia massacre investigation to support Justin Trudeau's incoming gun grab. We talked about that story a little bit earlier this week. Mm -hmm. um, so we go on from there. Uh, so basically, what is going on is there are now calls for... Uh, Minister Bill Blair to resign. He's the um, uh, what's uh, what's his? Uh, he's the public safety minister. Yep. Bill Blair's being called to resign. Bill Blair's blaming it on uh, Brenda Lucky, and they're all in damage control. They're all trying to see themselves. Uh, but also, like uh, even uh, MP Marco Mendicino is basically being called to resign by Pierre Paul Yev for lying about the reason why. They had the <coughs> the reason why they had the uh, emergency act. He lied about that. He got busted lying. Now he's being called to, to resign. And there's another um, um, liberal MP. Her name is Karina Gould. And uh, apparently she didn't disclose investment shares in the family business years ago, which is a crime. Uh, by the way, I'm reading from later earlier on down the article. Uh -huh. Anybody wants? So. The Liberal Party is in an absolute mess right now in another, a yet another scandal. This is the thing. There are so many scandals in this Liberal Party that it's hard to keep track. Like, do you know how many scandals they've had over the last, over, since, since they started, Stephen? Any guess? Dozens. No, like probably over 20 or 30 or 40. If you if you count even that's the over, little things dozens. that he's done. Yeah, like just... It's just, it's an unending stream. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you count all of the big scandals with the little scandals and the, and the slight, like like the people kind, like, you know, gaff that made him a ridicule, mm -hmm. to the, him bringing that, uh, that uh, Sikh terrorist on this India trip, yep. to being embarrassed over his socks, uh, to like all these kind of things. Trudeau has been an, an absolute nightmare, but right now, he went through Rwanda, while well, this party's in another massive scandal, it's it's just falling apart in Canada. Yep. I'm hoping that hopefully eventually it'll lead to something. But <laughs> I have very little hope for that. But now, back to the United States, the U.S. Navy releases LGBTQ plus video providing directions on how to use correct pronouns. Mm. Yeah, because that's what the army needs. Hi, my name is Johnny, and I use he/him pronouns. Hi, and I'm Kanchi, and I use she/her pronouns. And we're here to talk about pronouns. 
What is going to watch the first 30 pronoun seconds. Pronoun is how we identify ourselves apart from our name, and it's also how people refer to us in conversations. Using the right pronouns is a really simple way to affirm someone's identity. It is a signal of acceptance and respect. If it's a no signal stop. of acceptance and respect, how do we go about creating a safe space for everybody? That's a good question. A really good way to do that is to use inclusive language. Ugh, I can't even, no, no. No, I can't even, can't even. So of course By the way. video has gathered harsh criticism online for a very good reason, with many people questioning why the Navy isn't focusing on more urgent matters. No kidding. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, we could be facing a potential world war. Oh, what are we focusing on? Pronouns, which is about dignity and respect. Because Shut up, important. they will steamroll you. When you get into a when you get into a foxhole, porn. Otherwise, you can get triggered, man. They can't fight. Yeah. Porn. Also, the new strategy they're going to use is they go they go against the Chinese army or the Russian army. They're going to misgender them, and oh my gosh, they're going to drop down on their. Oh my gosh. They're going to like like flail in despair of the at the horrible like horrible like you know violence that they were committed on them. Yeah. Or they'll just shoot back and they'll die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now Dan Crenshaw, who I'm not always behind, but. He said, here's an idea. Fire everyone in the Navy. You put pronouns on their email signature and focus on how to be better at war. For God's sake, stop the stupidity. Yep, yep. you're right there, Dan. You're right. Because in, in the Army, you're supposed to be encouraging toughness. Yep. And people who are resilient at anything. But this kind of like approach is actually encouraging soft, weak, and easily like offended people. Yep. That is not what you want in the army, and the fact that they're encouraging that is going to drive people away from the army that should be there. So yep. it's it's just stupid. All right, it's a mess. Okay, next story. Uh, this is from the Post Millennial. Breaking: Biden moved move Title IX rights for women in favor of gender identity protections. Um, speaking of a complete and total disaster. Oh my gosh, the proposal essentially makes a title. Makes it a Title IX violation for schools to prohibit biological men from receiving women's scholarships or participating in women's activities. So Biden's Department of Education under Education Secretary Miguel Cardona has released a proposal for changes to Title IX, which includes erasing biological sex for issues of sex discrimination. The proposal will conflate protections for biological sex with gender identity and see no differentiation between the two. So basically what they've done is the whole question of what is a woman is so such a massive landmine and such a devastating thing uh -huh. for the trans community that if they have to choose, who are we gonna like drive a bus, like you know, throw under the bus? The women or the trans community? Well, obviously the trans community is gonna be yeah. winning that battle because you know women have no social capital anymore. Yeah. Title IX ex uh, enacted 50 years ago, which is funny, this is the 50th year anniversary, was intended to curb sex-based discrimination against women at universities. Fast forward to today's 50-year anniversary of Title IX, and the once progressive rule has overcorrected into regressive territory. Women face the greatest inequity risk from the 700-page proposal which would essentially make it a Title IX violation for schools to prohibit biological males from receiving women's scholarships, participating in women's activities, and other educational benefits programs. Speaking of long-term consequences, if you're a woman, like the reason that they give scholarships primarily to women is to try to encourage 
you know, women to, to go to universities, this is going to like completely like break that down. If you have a person who identifies as gender fluid, guess what? One day they'll, they'll identify as a woman and they can get their, uh, their scholarship. If, if you were, let's say, let's say you are an unprincipled man, a guy with absolutely no morals, and you wanted to get in, you want to get a scholarship? All you have to do is say you're gender fluid? There's like literally nothing you have to do. You just declare you're gender fluid and you go. And you have to, you, you just have to be a little bit like willing to lie and you've just taken the scholarship away from And not only that, they're trying to make it so that in the, um, in all sports competitions, if you're a woman, good luck. You're gonna have to compete against men and you're gonna get like absolutely annihilated. So Biden, once again, has made, like this is the only card he has to play. He sucks at everything else. Whereas this, as long as he keeps feeding the, 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 the trans cult what they want, He's gonna like remain popular in this sense. What he to do is hand out free, like you know, all sorts of things to the trans, uh, to the trans community, and mm -hmm. he gets the kudos. Yeah. And uh, sadly, women are the ones who have to pay. Uh huh. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now to something that's even more horrific: more than a thousand dead after earthquake rocks eastern Afghanistan. So a 5.9 magnitude earthquake rocked eastern Afghanistan on Wednesday, killing more than a thousand people and injuring at least 1,500, according to a report. The epicenter of the earthquake was located about 30 miles southwest of the city of Kost, near the border with Pakistan. According to the United States Geological Survey, the state-run Bakhtar News Agency reported that Afghanistan's Paktika province appears to have sustained the brunt of the Temblor's effects, with numerous houses destroyed and people trapped under the rubble. The news agency has steadily reported greater numbers of casualties in the aftermath of the earthquake, and reports said 255 have been killed and 155 injured, citing the head of the Information and Culture Department of the Paktika province. That's pretty tough. Yeah, that's really devastating that a thousand people have died. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we just we felt that it needed to be covered, felt that it needed to be talked about. We know that we focus predominantly on North American issues and sometimes global issues when it's political, but this is something that if you, yeah, if you can help out by sending anything to Afghanistan, if you can pray for Afghanistan, then do it. Hmm. Apparently, uh, one thing for the story is that the European Mediterranean Seismological Center said that 119 million people felt the earthquake because of where it's located. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. So, my goodness. Um, yeah. Final story. I thought this was a really funny story. And definitely worth... Uh, like, this is, this is stuff that really happens in, in the world. Uh, so, this is from Summit, Summit News. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, this person, Gunny Gibbs? Who? So, this person on Twitch. Okay, just responding. So, just sure. reading out the comments in its to totality. Trump thinks he still won. Uh, just released a statement on social media claiming massive fraud and as usual showing none. Arizona House Speaker Rusty Bowers testified Tuesday that Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani asked him to hold up electoral votes because 200,000 illegal immigrants and more than 5,000 dead people voted in the state. Uh, if, if you know about the trials in a lot of these states, you know that they were not dismissed mm -hmm. because of they were not dismissed because of merits. They were dismissed because of standing. 
There has been almost zero investigation into the allegations about the 2020 election. There should be far more allegations. There should be far more investigations. Like you look at videos like 2000 mules. There should be a hundred, a thousand investigations like that. Because there are so many questions about the 2020 election. We're not saying outright because we're still on YouTube, but we are saying that there are enough questions and enough speculation that it probably would have done something serious to the electoral process. Yeah, one of the stories we covered last week was um, Texas is threatening all sorts of like, you know, like they're actually threatening potential uh, secession from your union because Texas was was the the one that submitted a, a major uh, like you know, request of the Supreme Court to to invalidate the um, or to to go to look into like several states that were in question, and the Supreme Court said no, not because of fault fit, but not because there was marriage, but they just said like, well, the election's already over, we're not going to look into it. The problem is, is that people, if people don't believe that the in, that the elections issues have been fixed, they're not going to have any confidence. So. Let's let's just assume for for this for the sake. Let's just assume for a second that yes, the election was legitimate and that uh, Biden totally won legitimately. That you know maybe that's true, but the the problem is because they they, they refuse to look at any evidence that's been brought up and they refuse to really examine this kind of stuff. Then people aren't unresolved questions not put people put people's minds at ease. Now, Danny, I know that we could talk about this forever. Gunny, if you want us to present everything that we have, I cannot show you on YouTube. It is not pure speculation. There is plenty of stuff to go over, and you can email us. You can find it at our website, www.shrewddudes.com or theshrewddudes.com, and we can give you a whole bunch of stuff. There's enough questions, especially considering the margins for errors in the States, that... Biden's win is not for sure. Mm-hmm. That's an asterisk there. <laughs> no, we can't show it because YouTube is censorious and they want to cover up any information that goes against their narrative. Yeah, 2000 Mules right. has not been debunked. I'm going to, I'm just, yeah, we do have to move on. So I'm just going to ignore it. Just email us. We can go back and forth. We'd be happy to debate you on this. Come on the show. <clears throat> Bring it on, dude. <laughs> Moving on. Go for it. Uh, so this is from uh, Seven News. Uh, leftist newspaper encourages readers to save their pee to humiliate Putin. Pee cycling to save the environment. This is lovely. So left left wing newspaper The Guardian is encouraging his readers to save their urine in order to humiliate Putin and help fight against climate change. Yes, really. The paper published an article calling people to preserve their pee to help make up for the impact of sanctions on Russia, which have caused fertilizer shortages. That, that's actually a real thing. Um, Russia and Ukraine together are responsible for exporting 28% of the world's fertilizers made from nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium per NBC. The free fertilizer-creating substances are rich in urine, writes Tom Papert. As a result of Western sanctions against Russia, to a lesser degree, the conflict in Ukraine itself Russia is no longer exporting urea to the West. By the way, urea is a major ingredient also in diesel. 
which is going to lead to some major shortages here in, the, in North America as well. Which use the urine to create fertilizer for crops? The answer, according to Guardian, is for people to start engaging in bee cycling and donating their urine to farmers. You know, it's oh urine in a jar, so send it to the farmers. If we can use pee to humiliate Putin, then that weird dream I had last week will sort of come. What's more, these same nutrients, when flushed into the wastewater systems, become contaminants responsible for creating environmentally damaging algal blooms. So basically, this is the left solution. Like, you know what? Rather than, you know, so you can humiliate Putin because you know he's going to care, you know, put your pee in a jar because that's not humiliating it. And then, you know, put it in a little package and, you know, send it to some random farmer and be like, hey, we're sending you our pee. You know, like, <laughs> like, like, ugh. this is clown world, man. This is the kind of like nonsense that you think it's like Babylon B material, but no, it's in real life. Go figure. So, yeah, that's the, uh, Amer that's the European left that are no less crazy. Yeah, and it's American absolutely person. nutty. It's, it's absolutely crazy. nutty. That's right. Oh my goodness. Anyways, so branching off into our last and final topic of the night. You turn off the music? Yes, I did. <laughs> just checking. Ever since that one time, you're just like, eh, eh, eh. That's not just one time, it's been a few. One time that you really noticed. I did because it was like all over the place. Anyways, because well, I left it on for the rest of the show. But <clears throat> so now we're going to talk about this story from the New Zealand Daily Telegraph. <clears throat> all right. So new study of mRNA vaccine phase three trial data show finds rate of serious adverse events was 12.5 per 10,000 above the background rate. The greater number than the COVID-19 hospitalization risk reduction. This study, which of course you can find at this link right here and we'll provide it in the description, mm -hmm. raises truly serious doubts about the advisability of the mRNA COVID vaccines. The co-authors include Sander Greenland, Emeritus Professor of Epidemiology and Statistics at UCLA, and the co-author of the premier textbook on epidemiology. Professor Greenland is a world-leading expert on the post-marketing surveillance of drugs, vaccines, and medical devices. That the paper concludes, the excess risk of serious adverse events found in our study points to the need for formal harm-benefit analyses, particularly those that are stratified according to risk of serious COVID-19 outcomes, such as hospitalization or death. It is of note that this conclusion undermines the last remaining argument relied upon by governments and mainstream media to support the continued use of mRNA COVID vaccines, namely that they improve hospitalization and death outcomes. Yikes. <clears throat> so, so far, according to the Daily Telegraph, there are 4.1% million people in New Zealand fully vaccinated. The study's conclusion suggests that more than 4,000 have suffered severe adverse effects from Pfizer COVID vaccinations. It demolishes the persistent contention of MedSafe that COVID vaccine adverse events are primarily non-serious and occur at rates lower than background rates. Yeah. So, so like, just for a little context here, um, for like two years, we were subject we were subjected to the same talking point, safe and effective, safe and effective, over and over and over, which anybody knows about propaganda, that's that's one of the tactics you use. You repeat something over and over enough, people will just believe it's true because of the repetitiveness of it. But the problem is that and even even our prime minister, like yeah. he, he nonstop, he ref, he always always talks the talking point that, oh, these vaccines, like only an idiot would like, you know, disagree with the vaccines, even though there's like a million problems. With um, there's been a lot of studies 
that have talked about the adverse events, the harms, all these problems that are, are coming up with the, um, the vaccines. Over the course of two years, Stephen and I have been going over studies, going over like the constant rise in adverse events, myocarditis risk, risk to children, uh, the, the, the enormously underreported number of adverse effects from vaccines, the revelations from the, all the vaccine uh, manufacturers from Pfizer to Moderna, and them basically the numbers and the, 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 the reports consistently showing a massive damage. Yeah. Um, this is a, ma- this is kind of like an, at, at this point, we're kind, we've kind of like, you know, talked about everything. The reason I thought the study was important is because this study is, may potentially be a turning point in, in a lot of things. Because up until this point, people will say, yeah, 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 like adverse events, but more or less we're safe. It's like at this point, you're like, okay, now it's tipped. Now you can't even make that case anymore that the vaccines save more lives than you take or do, do more good than harm. That's now flipped. Now it's no vaccines are actually causing more harm than good. And so, and the other thing I'm really hoping for, like according to this article, is that he's saying that this will actually now justify the need for like risk harm, like in uh, studies. And if those studies are done, then you're going to have massive pushes for like severe lawsuits against governments. Because by the way, if people don't understand how the, um, the way that the, like, you know, how like that, Steven, you know how like vaccine companies uh, uh-huh. can't be sued, right? Yeah. You know, do you know the, the only actual way to bypass that? There is a way, but it's very difficult. In order to bypass the idea that the government is, that, that people can't sue uh, vaccine manufacturers, the only way to bypass that is if the government is shown to have been, uh, like, to have um, done harm or done obvious, obvious kind of like, you know, uh, problematic behavior that, that led to incredible harm. And then that, that, uh, like accusation and all those harms are used to incur to basically force a government to to withdraw the actual um, protection that they gave the, the, vaccine, mm-hmm. the vaccine companies. This is the only way you can do it. People can't sue a vaccine company right now. The only way is a government has to be shamed and pressured enough to basically overrule the uh, the protections. That's the only way. And the, and hopefully this will be a path towards that because to have. Mm-hmm. Hey, go on. Yeah. No, that's that's pretty much it. The, what, what what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Oh, like well we we knew we knew that there was waning effects of vaccine mm-hmm. efficacy, that it wasn't that effective to begin with. And we knew that they had diminishing <clears throat> that they had been hiding and that they had been covering up any adverse events, like we talked about a few weeks ago, and actually um I don't know exactly how, but do you remember that Pfizer report where they went over like the Pfizer release from the initial trials? Yeah. That said that there were 1,200 dead? The Canadian uh, COVID Alliance did a great video on that. Yep. They managed, they they took down uh, the post by the counter signal. (laughs) I had to find it in the Wayback Machine. Mm. Because I was like, I know this exists. And then I had to look it up, and it's like, 
okay i had to go to the way because somebody asked for, asked for it on twitter and i was like oh I, i'm like it doesn't exist anymore so i had to like go back to the wayback machine i'm like this data hasn't been debunked because it's a pfizer release yeah so it's like they are they are trying and pushing so hard to cover up any information that would go against their establishment mainstream narrative when it comes to the covid vaccine yeah. its efficacy its danger and of course like we could have also mentioned that there have been several insurance companies that have seen a 40 percent increase in all source mortality in the in the later quarters of 2021 than they did in 2020 during the height of the covid19 COVID pandemic COVID was running rampant they have way more deaths than they ever could have expected. I, yeah. I think they said like it was a once in a century mm -hmm. level of like the danger. I think also uh, there was a big whistleblower um, funeral home people who do like the they deal with the dead bodies and yep. they have to like involve them and all that. There was a, a lot of whistleblowers there that were like raising the alarm about the actual danger that they were seeing. They were seeing really weird, bizarre things in the bodies of the disease that were absolutely mm -hmm. not normal in any way. And also we covered this a little bit. We talked about the, uh, the, the big expose that happened with the army, with the, uh, the U S army's data. And not only did that data show immensely, like just over the top increase in all sorts of like, you know, problems with the vaccines, yeah. but a very problematic and serious cover up. That actually happened as a result. Like the double corruption went so deep that it was, it, it, I couldn't believe like what I was like seeing and hearing. Um, now I want to, I want to just kind of cover like the very last things he says. Yep. So this is like the, the bullet points at the very bottom, Stephen. Um, Cause I like, I like the, the suggestions from this guy. And like, like we said before, this guy is not just anybody. This guy is a very like prestigious epidemiologist. So he's like, what he says is, is, has a little more weight to it because he's not just some random dude. So number one, it says it on. So the results of the study, it underlines the need to immediately pause the saturation advertising still being undertaken in New Zealand advice of the Pfizer mRNA vaccine. This this applies to and the states. In other words, because of the study, you you need to stop saying it's safe and effective because that's no mm -hmm. longer true. The study has pretty much like make you know broken that down. Number two, it validates those including those including doctors and researchers who have been raising concerns through public dialogue, correspondence, and then courts. So everyone who's been fighting, from doctors to researchers to people like like legal organizations, suddenly they are no longer the oh you guys are like conspiracy theorists. No no no, no they're they're now like validated, and so like stop you know. Stop like calling them like the 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 crazies or whatever. Oh. Finally, it soundly criticizes the suppression of public debate mandated by the government and all political parties supported by mainstream media. Because let's face it, one of the most concerning things about everything that has happened in the last two and a half years has been the absolutely like inexcusable amount of cover up. Like everyone's been, been involved. The government has been covering it up. The all the health officials have been covering it up. The, this the COVID pandemic um, has been one of the most incredible crimes I've ever imagined. I, I just 
I, it's a scale I can I cannot even like you know possibly um, measure the amount of like worldwide harm that these criminals have done to humanity is unimaginable. Like yep. Stephen, you and I talked about a study. Remember, like the they said like the 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 lockdowns, mm-hmm. worldwide lockdowns would cause like millions of death in the third world. Yep. Just because that was well, that was even like the lockdown. That was in April of 2020. Yeah. And now, of course, it's like, well, we know that it's much worse than they were predicting in April of 2020. Mm -hmm. Lockdowns have like so repeatedly been shown to it's not even close. The amount of harms that lockdowns did as opposed to supposed like lives that they have saved, none of them worked. Actually, there was a study we did not that long ago where they, I think the Ontario government pretty much demonstrated that like locking down schools, the the actual supposed benefit was so microscopically small that it was basically one of the most incredible examples of, uh, of completely futile uh, public policy. Like it was like point like point two percent like reduction which is not considering the amount of damage those lock those classroom lockdowns did it's not even in the realm of um mm-hmm. uh, of like you know how how bad it is yeah what are you looking at <laughs> gogger is hilarious <laughs> well i was saying on twitch i'm like any final questions comments wonderments and cockerworms like wow ah oh. Other emotes of wonderment. <laughs> Thank you for your wonderment. We appreciate it. Love it. <laughs> yeah, always appreciated. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> that's probably going to be the end of today's show. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you're following us on our video platforms, which is BitChute, YouTube, and Rumble. Of course, you can see our live streams on YouTube, but that's not always the case because YouTube is very censorious. If you're following us on our text platforms, which is Facebook, Gitter, Twitter, and Parler, then like, follow, comment, subscribe. If you have any questions, concerns, if you want to debate us like that guy did in the middle of the show, it's just like, (laughs) then let us know. We'll figure something out. Like, I have like an 80% chance. I'm 80% certain this guy will not actually email you. 80%. (laughs) If he does, it'll be hilarious and it'll be exceptionally entertaining. We'll have a good audience for it. But, and then of course, if you're following on our podcast platforms, do not forget to download, like, share, and do not comment. You cannot go to our text platforms for that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, um, <laughs> like in, in reference to that uh, person that commented, by the way, we're, we're not afraid of debate. Oh no, we love it. You know, like I think I think that's something like, you know, like, Part of the reason Stephen and I basically joined forces, like the Wonder Wonder Twin Powers activate or whatever, it's because <laughs> it's like, you know like, the idea is that both Stephen and I um, basically cut our teeth on uh, online debate. Like yeah. Stephen. Well, and of course, today I'm sure you probably saw this in your memories. Today, mm. today marks the first ever event that Danny and Tate and I did ever. And it was a pro-choice rally in Calgary. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Though. And that was, it was insane. It was crazy. Like, you had I, that I long chat with the cops. We had, aside from the incident with the cops, it was yeah. a fantastic event. Yeah, yeah. We had great conversations. They tried to shut us up. They tried to hide us. 
but we still had conversations. We still had that one woman. She's like, my daughter wants to ask why you're doing this. And it's like, because all life is, has inherent value and worth. And she's like, hide your kid from that. And I'm like, <laughs> a person yeah, you a person, do. No matter how small. Exactly. <laughs> my favorite was that girl that uh, I had a conversation with. The nipples? Oh, I don't know who she was, but uh, no, no, no. The girl that um, she basically like, she was asking me like, you know, like, why did you come here? And, and engage with us, like, you know, when, you know, we're pro-choice. And I'm like, well, here's the thing. Like, you know, I, I basically explained to her that in order to avoid an echo chamber, you need yeah. to engage with the other side and actually find out, like, what are your arguments? What are your points? Like, am I wrong? If, if I'm wrong, I need to go and, like, yeah. ask people who disagree with me in order to find out if, if what I believe is true or if, if mm-hmm. I'm relying on a whole bunch of faulty arguments. Yeah. And she was like, it's like, oh, okay, I, you know, I can really respect that and all that. Mm-hmm. And her friends were like, yeah. Like, well, I remember her. I had like back in the early days when I was when I was doing the show by myself, and I was like, let's do debates. And so this one person posted on like a podcast platform on Facebook, and they're like, yeah, I'm looking for somebody to debate about like pro life, pro choice. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. She's like, what side are you on? I'm like, pro life. And she's like, I'm pro choice. And I'm like, let's do this. Dance. I felt so bad for her. Because she went into it so hopelessly unprepared. Like, she's she's exceptionally nice. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you were not prepared for this. You had no rational argument. It was just, like, cliches and tropes. And I was just like, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, in the end, it was fantastic. She said that she had her mind, like, 97% changed. And I'm like, yes! That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. Like most people in the pro-choice side are so convinced that the other side is like has nothing that they go in there thinking, you know, that they go into a conversation. Yeah. And they they have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like atheists, really. Yeah. Atheists who believe like, oh, the Bible, like like those Christians believe nonsense and all that until they talk to an actually yeah, I'm, like an intelligent Christian who doesn't be like, well, the I defend the Bible with the Bible. It's like. That's circular and like, reasoning. And you go after their like their, their actual like you know beliefs like you know like well you believe that like how do you explain the fine tune? Like huh? what? what? And like yeah, let's go into that. How so, do you explain morality? Yeah, it was so, so like all of these things. Like the point is that me and Stephen, we love like like having like rational debate. This is what we always love. This is why we so this is why we love doing this. Because we like to encourage people to think critically, to think skeptically, to think shrewdly, which is why we chose the name, because we, we want to encourage people to think more uh, intelligently about things. And this is one of the things that we, I've loved is like helping other people in our, in our lives get better informed about things. Shelly is a great example. Like, yep. Constantly helps Shelly, like, you know, and I love doing it. She's like, hey, I, I don't know this. And we're like, oh, here is... Here's 10 articles that will help you understand yep. this topic better. So I hope that I encourage, I continue to do this as much mm-hmm. as I can, wherever yep. I can. So, yeah. All right, we'll take that and sign us out. Uh, so we're the Shrewd Dudes. We love to uh, think critically, skeptically, and we always like to encourage you, why be rude when you can be shrewd instead? Exactly. All right. But you know what? It's better to be... Don't get angry. The more informed you are, the less angry you are. Anyway, Stephen, go on. All right. So that's – thank you for watching. Have a great weekend. 
We will see you on Tuesday for another Tuesday News Day. Until then, as always.